say Happy New Year and good morning to Steve Vines. Welcome back. How are you? Well, oh, well, good morning and etc. Not as good as it might be, mind. Yeah, shame there's not an awful lot to talk about today, Steve, but we're just no, going to have to nothing. scrape around. And see. I tell you, what, I want to start off today and say hello to Bob, who writes to me and you from the UK, where it's about two in the morning. He says, early hours here in lockdown Essex. What? Uh, nice to hear your dulcet tones. <laughs> Go back to bed. He says, though deeply concerned at news from home. He says, cheers, Bob, another stranded and abandoned Hong Konger. Well, I wanted to say hi to Bob, but I thought that might bounce you off a bit. Well, I mean, he says he's he's deeply concerned about news from home. And obviously, he's talking about the arrests of these um, 53 um, democracy activists, um, the biggest purge since the introduction of the national security law half a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can get into it, but I mean, if the the cunning plan was to do this while there was chaos in the United States and yeah. chaos around the world um, because of of the COVID uh, crisis, that hasn't spectacularly worked. What about this notion that every something has to happen when somebody else is looking the other way? Yeah, I mean, I know. Whatever you think I, I, of these I, I, various powers, they're not stupid. If they're going to do it, wherever they are, they'll do it. They don't need a foil, I mean, do they? What specifically is interesting, though, is that that China is on the cusp of a major new agreement with the European Union over investment between the um, China and the EU, and a lot of uh, voices in the European Parliament mm-hmm. and among heads of state in Europe have now been saying, "I wonder whether we can really do business with these people." Now, you know. That you, you, you get reaction and there's no follow-through. I have no idea whether there will be follow-through on this, but, you know, there are consequences for actions. They're not action-free. In this case, what we have is people being arrested. Let's cut out the BS. People being arrested for having the temerity to take part in an election and, even worse, having a cunning plan to win the election. Now, most people who go into election, and I can tell you this as a long-time observer of elections, go in there with the, with the hope of winning them. Yeah. And they devise a strategy to winning elections. If you think this is breaking news, you know, I feel sorry for you. This is how it works. According to John Lee, the Secretary for Security, the plan to hold primaries to select candidates to fight this election was part of a vicious plot. You know, what is so staggering about this? I mean, I never thought we'd see this in Hong Kong. You have these arrests. You have policemen turning up on the doorsteps of three media organizations demanding they hand over evidence, which presumably you would have thought they had all that evidence before they made the arrest. But no, no, apparently they're still collecting. You have police officers storming into the offices of a law firm another first under the national security law and coming out with an arrested lawyer who happens to be an American national. You have in this instance an absolutely extraordinary macabre police briefing and it takes you back to the 1950s of the Stalin purges in the Soviet Union and their favorite tool was, and bless them, they've discovered this in 2021, is to develop a chart of the so-called plot. Remember, any challenge to the leadership is always a plot. It's not opposition. It's not 
justified criticism, it's a plot. So when you had the, um, these awful show trials in the Soviet Union in the 1950s, they always produced a little chart to say, you know, this one is linked to Trotskyists, renegades here. That one is linked to, you know, separatists in, in, in Abizajan or wherever they chose to point the finger. That one is linked to the Zionist plot here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, history has passed its verdict on those show trials. And guess what? It hasn't been favorable. And here we are, 2021, in Hong Kong, and they have discovered this dastardly plot to take part in an election, to win the election, and then to exercise the powers of LegCo, which are in the basic law, Article 52, mm. um, if you care to read that document, which say that the legislature has powers. It has powers to debate. It has powers, certainly, over the passing of the budget. And if legislators don't like the look of the budget, they are within their rights, according to the basic law. This isn't according to some idiot called Vines. According to the basic law, they have a right to um, respond negatively to it. Let's talk for a second, Steve, about some people who are, at the moment, the sort of silent stakeholders in this, because a plot needs to be a sort of cohesive um, action. But how many thousands of people voted in this stuff? And to my knowledge, all, all going out saying, oh, I'll vote, I'll vote, I'll vote, I'll vote. Different ways they can vote how the heck they like, but they're the people right now who, who are worried, very worried. Even well, though this is the message. I mean, you don't, you don't mobilise, as the police did yesterday, 1,000 officers. You don't then raid 57 premises if you didn't want to make a point. I mean, there's no, you, you know, there's no pretense now that any of this is normal law-keeping. I mean, that's roughly works out to so four normal, officers. Normal's the right word. Normal changes, doesn't it? Well, norm, the, the new normal is, 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 a, is a terrifying thing. But, but, but all I'm saying is you don't put on that sort of show if you don't want to send a message. And the message obviously was being sent to the people who voted for the democracy camp in the district council elections. And here we come to the nub of the matter. They, they're, 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 they're sort of like Trump, but without the sophistication of Donald Trump. Oh, and he's really they shown that over the past over 24 hours, hasn't he? Well, 12 uh, hours. That may, that may be a slightly exaggerated statement, but I mean, they haven't got over the fact that when voters had a genuine choice, and remember, it's only in the district council elections that you have anything resembling universal suffrage in Hong Kong. You don't have that in the LegCo election. But in the district council elections, when people had a choice, despite the fact that district councils have enormously limited powers, despite all of that, they voted overwhelmingly and in a landslide for the Democratic candidates. They weren't prepared for that. The, the various quizlings in Hong Kong had scuttled up to Beijing and said to them, there's a large silent majority here who once they're given a choice to be not silent, they will come out and support us. Don't you worry, comrades, all will be well. Well, they fired um, people within the Chinese bureaucracy who were responsible for Hong Kong in the aftermath of that. They notably didn't fire any of the quizlings in the government. But they sought, they waited and they sought revenge. So the elections were held in November. We're now in January, so roughly speaking, mm -hmm. We're talking about revenge having been 
<coughs> exercised within within three months. It's a revenge on the people of Hong Kong. I don't think there can be much doubt about this. Mm. You know, the people who are arrested are already being described in the various um, outlets of the Quisling press and among the Quislings themselves as being criminals. We used to have a tradition in Hong Kong where people were innocent until, until proven guilty. So in my book, somebody who, who instead, they haven't all formally been charged yet, but, but they haven't been charged, they haven't been tried. I think that's called suspects. That's what we used to call suspects when the rule of law prevailed. It is even more chilling in the press conference that was given by, I think, Superintendent Lee, who said, um, oh, don't worry. We're working on this. Further charges to come. Not just 52. So, so far, 93 people, I think it is, have been arrested under the national security law, mm -hmm. which came into force on midnight on June 30th. That's within the first six months, 93 people arrested. Nice Superintendent Lee is saying that that, 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 that that that's not the end. You know, we've got a list. We're working through it. We've got other people to haul in. Take your pick. Now, look at it now, Steve, taking the personalities into account. The next job, short term, could get quite very confusing for the authorities, surely, because we have to deal with judges and we have to deal with judges and their judgments. Well, if they're charged under the national security law, remember, they're going to be in courts being judged only, only by the hand-picked judges of the chief executive. They don't go into the normal judicial procedure, number one. Number two, there is still the threat, and it I think is a very real threat, that some of these cases will be handled on the mainland itself, which again, the national security law provides for. When you go into court on the mainland, as everybody knows, you're guilty. There's no such thing as uh, innocence for people who go up there. Um, on trial in the mainland. It's a prejudged situation. Mm. And look where we are today. I was looking at the various figures last night. We now have had every single member of the Legislative Council who was elected in 2016 on the Democratic ticket for a um, geographic constituency. Every single one has been arrested or has been disqualified from taking part in elections. Mm. The roundup of district councils, because there's so many more of them, has also been extremely extensive. I unfortunately haven't been able to put together the figures. I don't think anybody else has. But we hear chillingly from the Secretary from Constitutional Affairs, Eric Dung, mm. that um, he has a plan to extend the loyalty pledge to district councils to just mop up anybody they've forgotten to arrest. Mm. So basically what's being said is, if you have the temerity to win an election, if you have the temerity to have popular support and be elected, expect to go to jail. That is now the message that we're hearing very, very loud and clear. I just got an email here from Richard, one of our listeners. I'm going to whiz through it because it's a bit lengthy, but I'll just get the uh, some quotes out of it. He said, I was walking home on Oregon Street around 7 o'clock yesterday. I stopped to chat to an old friend and suddenly the police showed up shouting and measuring our distance. There was in total four of us. 
He said they were hostile and aggressive, not something I've witnessed before outside of the protest period. I stood and asked, what was the problem and what did you want me to do? He, Sergeant, shouted at me, quote, what country are you from? I was shocked, says Rick, and appalled. I left the scene with my son, only to be followed by a senior, pips on arm, policeman, who said that was very wrong and you should report him. I had thought of taking a picture, but I'm sure I would have been arrested. A couple more bits here, Steve. Uh, yesterday I boarded a NT single-decker bus. It was rammed with not an inch of space, not even a pretense of social distancing. Given my wife and son can't sit together in a restaurant, it's clear to me leadership and the application of rules and common sense are null and void. He said, uh, I have put my property on the market. Hong Kong is finished. P.S. I've lived here longer than the sergeant has been alive, never mind a policeman. A couple of interesting angles in that. Richard, thank you. Well, there are some interesting angles. All I can say to Richard is, try being a young person and going out on the streets of Hong Kong. You don't even need to do anything, and you get stopped and searched. I mean, there is a new offence in Hong Kong. It's called being young and being on the streets. Mm. The number of young people who are being stopped, searched and questioned is impossible to calculate because of course the police don't keep a record of it. But if you look at the anecdotal evidence, you look at the evidence of anybody who, ha who has um, teenage or, or, or young adult um, offspring mm. who will tell you how many times their um, uh, children have been stopped and searched. It's it is terrifying. All right, here's, here's one more for you, and it's a shorty here, Steve. By the way, join us on Facebook Live if you want to. Morning Brewers, our page. This is from another Steve. He said, I've just touched on this. Uh, he said, you just touched on this, Steve. But I wanted to say that what was more worrying to me than the actual arrests was the terminology of the police and the government to justify it. He said, and let's not forget that we were told that the national security law was nothing to worry about. Steve says, make sure your passports are valid if you have one, people. I hate to say that, but um, it's becoming how many people do you know who are now, who would never have thought in their lives of leaving Hong Kong because they're so deeply committed to being here? How many people do you know who are now saying, I think the party might be over? I don't, you know, I, I don't think we've seen anything like the beginning of the deluge that is to follow on this one. But so, you know... If a lot of people leave, I'm sure the quizzings will say, well, good riddance to them. They're all rubbish. They're all words which are slightly stronger than rubbish. Well, what if they're big multinationals, though, Steve, eh? With big pockets? Well, I'm not, you know, yes, I know that there will, inevitably, people are not going to put regional headquarters in Hong Kong anymore. I mean, that party has, has departed from the station. They will... No doubt, all these big companies will still be here. Whether they will want to expand their operations here, whether they will consider this a safe environment, and this is always the big consideration, a safe environment for the people who work in those companies, mm. and indeed a safe regulatory environment. Because, you know, once you've said the law is what we say it is, rather than the law is something written down in the common law tradition with great specification, as to what breaches the law, mm. you will not put your assets in such a vulnerable situation as to be in constant fear of arbitrary action being taken to seize them. You, you see, in this particular instance, I go back to yesterday again, which is now becoming routine. It's not just that they arrest people. It's not just that they go to media organizations while improving 
freedom of expression. But it's now becoming routine that they start freezing bank accounts. And we heard, again from the police, so I presume it's true, that, that they've frozen um, quite a, it's not that significant sum of money, but quite a large sum of money. Mm-hmm. It's not clear who the money has been frozen from. But it's now becoming routine that not only do you put people in prison, but you dive into their bank accounts. You used to think in Hong Kong, you have a bank account and it is secure. This is a great place, a great safe place to put your money and you can rely on when you want to take it out, it being there, you can rely on total transparency in how it's being held. Mm. That also has come into question. We've got a couple of minutes here before the news, Steve. Rick just replied, he said, to how does he know I'm not young? But great point, thanks very much. Anyway, um, you said just a second ago, Steve... I, I know he's not young, because he said he'd be... <laughs> I he think he's been in Hong Kong you've, longer than the police. You've, you've, had your mo- you've had your moment there, Rick. Anyway, um, you said undoubtedly these companies will stay here. Well, I mean, crystal ball, I mean, why undoubtedly? Because, because if they want to do business with the mainland, which after all is the world's second largest economy... They will maintain um, operations relating to business with the mainland here. But, but you know, we, also, we always used to say Hong Kong was the great global centre. They're not going to be here to do the global business that Hong Kong is famous for. So I'm very sure in the same way that you have... Steve, just whilst the news was on, uh, had another message on our Facebook Live thing. I mean, maybe it's a secondary issue, but a common thread, a thread that seems to be becoming common, is just people being told, go away, who are you, which country do you come from, Uh, uh, the aggression. Uh, I've not experienced it myself. Horatio here has. He says, over the Christmas holidays, I parked my motorcycle on Hollywood Road legally. When I returned, the police was out in force, giving out tickets and towing cars. I walked up to my bike and asked the officer, in English, civilly, what was going on? which was a fair question, he told me uh, he told me off. He told me, go away, leave now, even though he knew I was legally parked. Police never used to talk to people like that, uh, whatever their nationality. The next day, I saw a friend and I told him my story. He agreed and felt the same way. I'm working on leaving. Uh, the tone, I mean, it sounds awfully upper lip to question this. I mean, it, but... is, very, it is very worrying. Um, if you have a, a police force that... that, that... Um, adopts a hostile attitude towards the citizenry, you have a police force that will not get cooperation from the public. I mean, effective policing works when the public has confidence in the police force and doesn't see the police force as being an enemy. One of the reasons why uh, policing has broken down to the extent that it has, particularly in places like the United States, particularly in black areas, is the police force is regarded as as an occupying army in those um, places. People have no confidence in them. They're worried with quite a lot of good evidence that that, that the police are going to uh, behave in a hostile manner, possibly a lethal manner towards them. So, you know, in Hong Kong, where you had excellent relations between the police and the public, that is breaking down big time. And the police force, because they're now unconstrained, remember if anybody in the administration dares 
to utter a scintilla of criticism against the police force for anything, they're jumped upon. And then they, 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 they sort of go, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean, you know, oh, police review. You know, it is a police force now effectively not under supervisory control. It is a police force that is behaving autonomously. This is very, very worrying. I just wonder where the switch switch, Steve. I mean, in all of my years here, I, I agree with the people that uh, that are writing in. I've never experienced anything but, you know, super-duper polite. Now, something as a hair trigger has flicked here because all of our stories well, this morning the, are... It was the protest movement. I guess it was. I, I mean, mean, duh, of course it was. But it's as simple as that. All right, let's do a couple more here. So, Tommy, hello. He said, I note the American lawyer was amongst those arrested yesterday. He said, a message for resident, quote, foreigners here, question mark. Um, I want to say hi to Kat. I don't know where you want to go with this, Steve, but she said, would you please comment on the 12 Hong Kongers judgment in China and oath-taking of civil servants? Whatever, Steve. Well, we, we, we did have a quick chat about the oath-taking of civil servants, which is... Um, now is is going to be used as a weapon. I mean, there's unprecedented numbers of civil servants leaving the administrative grade of the civil service, which is the, the, the senior grade of the civil service. The pressure on civil servants to be um, in inverted commas loyal, that isn't law to the people of Hong Kong, it's law to a power slightly northerly of Hong Kong, is immense. So, you know, when you're in that situation and, and you get the wonderful Secretary for Constitutional Affairs saying, I'd like that to be extended to district councillors and anybody else, you know that they're using loyalty pledges as a weaponized way of getting rid of people. It's not there to improve the service. Well, the assuming community. everybody's going to tell the truth, some people might just say, yeah, whatever, just give me the piece of paper. It's just words. Well, people, when they're under pressure, you know, People confess to crimes in, in wow. Chinese jails, not because they've done the crimes, but because they know that the alternative to confession is an even longer jail sentence. So, you know, if you can only obtain a loyalty pledge under coercion, you have to ask yourself how much it's worth. Yeah, huh? Steve, Steve, here's one for you, and this is a personal one. Take it or leave it. Horatio again. Steve, are you worried, given your capacity? I think anybody who's in the journalism business in, in Hong Kong is worried, yes. All right, then. And one Simply. more. Anton, hello, Anton. Beating well, around the bush. Yeah, got it. Well, there you go. Uh, Anton says the police have always been a bunch of control freaks in Hong Kong. You can't even ask directions from one if they even deem you up to reply because you're treated as a nuisance. This is so different from the Netherlands, where I lived for 10 years. The police were civil servants, happy to help at any turn. Not here. Here, all they seem to do is look for those criminal signs of democracy to crack down on. I've never been sworn at, Steve, have you? I, I, I honestly, this is not my experience. Thanks, Anton. It is my experience yeah. since the, the recent period, but I had very high regard for the police in Hong Kong. For many, for the majority of the time that I've lived here, I've, I've had good treatment. I've had encounters with the police for, for various reasons. I mean, not, <laughs> not in a hostile environment It was that bank all. job back in 85. Well, there was that, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Apparently, it's illegal to rob banks nowadays. Who knew? But you know, aside from that, aside from that small, small obstacle, um, you know, it didn't occur to me that the Hong Kong police force were people to be feared. I actually think that they adopted the how can I put it the ethos 
of helping the public. Andrew, good morning to you. He says, sorry, Steve, he said it's already been said, but these mass arrests and PRC-style comments on anyone who disagrees with the administration here is stoking fury in Hong Kongers across ages, ethnicities and classes here, not just the young, says Andrew. When the the authorities dare lift COVID-gathering restrictions, there's a fair chance that a broad section of society will want to peacefully protest the current ridiculousness. He brings up an excellent topic. Chinese New Year is just around the corner. What about it? Well, he's bringing up two topics. I mean, one is when the restrictions are lifted, I I trust they will be at some time, will the bottled-up fury of people in Hong Kong lead to a resumption of activity on the streets? Now, what we know... Something. ...is that all forms of protest now are effectively outlawed. At the moment, the excuse is the... Um, virus and is is you know contagion etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think for one moment that freedom of assembly is going to be upheld by this administration once the virus goes away. I mean, if if voting, if um, taking part in an election is described as it has been by the Secretary of Security as a vicious plot, can you just imagine? What description is awaiting anybody who wants to hold a peaceful demonstration? Mm. What description do you think will be given to anybody who stands outside, for example, the government headquarters with a placard saying down with whatever they're down with? I don't think that we're, we're going to return to an era of tolerating opposition in any form, in any form. That is... until it no longer becomes feasible to impose that kind of draconian restriction Mm. on the people of Hong Kong who've tasted that potent and heady taste of freedom. Mm. It's quite different in societies where people have never had that taste of freedom. But once you've had it, you don't lose it. The fact that a recent survey conducted by the Chinese University shows that 90% of, of young people have no confidence whatsoever in the government tells you where we are in terms of the future generation, let alone people a little older than the young generation like myself. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're building up that the, the, uh, one of the researchers involved in this is, was saying, you know, you're building up a pressure pot waiting to explode. Mm. And I can't see why a reasonable person would disagree with that um, assessment. Meanwhile, Steve, in America, let's finish uh, there. Meanwhile, in America. <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing that the, 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 the usual gaggle of quizlings and anti-democrats say, ah, see, see what happens? If you, if, if, you, if you go in for all this election nonsense, all this democracy nonsense, well, I tell you what happens. It gets out of hand. But I also tell you what happens just in America, and I'm not, you know, a great cheerleader for the Americans by any stretch of the imagination. I was out there with the best of them when I was a student protesting against all things American, but never mind. (coughs) But what happens in America and what we've seen within a day, not within a longer period, is that the process of taking the election of the next president through the um, legislative process in the Congress has been disrupted 
but it is continuing. The people who seek to undermine democracy in a democratic system, they really don't succeed. This is the message I take away, not that they try and disrupt the system, not that a small bunch of hotheads are behaving appallingly. I don't take that as representing the totality of the system because it isn't. It is a fact that the system is stronger and much more effective than the people who wish to undermine it. We're going to leave it there, Steve. As always, thanks very much. Thank you very much for getting in touch as well. It's 